Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another PC Boys podcast. This is your boy, Logan, and welcome to the major Halloween podcast. Well, Halloween ends podcast, I should say. It's not Halloween, but um, yeah, so I put out a post earlier on my personal Instagram, and I also put up uh, well a story on my personal Instagram and a post on the PC Boys Instagram saying that today we were going to be covering uh, trailers, the leaks that have been coming out about the movie, and also we are going to be discussing, um, overall, like, I, I, a lot of speculation as to what I think could happen, uh, the reason I decided to wait a while to do this podcast in particular is because, you know, you can only do so many speculation videos, uh, or podcasts, um, on a movie, and for me, I would rather do it when we're closer to the movie, and we're four days out from the movie releasing in theaters and Peacock, Um, and I'm really, really excited to watch it, um, but I am very concerned about it, and I did talk about this, I think, a few weeks ago as well on the podcast, um, but before we get started, uh, a few housekeeping, um, things as per usual, go follow our Instagram, PC Boys Podcast, um, and from there, there's a bunch of links, um, in the bio, uh, one of them takes you to the podcast itself, one takes you to the Rumble podcast page where I talk about Manosphere content, um, also, you can take one of the links to my Getter account, which is where I post, uh, my Rumble notifications on when I post to Rumble, so, because I like to keep my Rumble PC Boys Uncensored stuff and the main channel, uh, separate, because the content is vastly different, um, you can also go join the Discord, and the Discord is the easiest place to get in contact with me with podcast ideas or some thoughts on, uh, podcasts in general that I've done in the past, um, so basically it's a way for me to communicate with the community, right, and that's mainly why I have it, um, people don't tend to take advantage of it, but, you know, they, they should, um, take full advantage of that resource that I, I give to my community, um, and then I think that is it, oh yeah, and PC Boys merch is, of course, available, um, through one of the links provided on the Instagram as well, so, um, go follow all of those things, um, or some of those things, depending on, you know, where you wanna, you know, what, what you wanna do, um, but with, without further ado, let's get into the podcast, so, the, uh, main thing about Halloween ends, I think that's very interesting, um, before we do a, uh, trailer dive, is this movie is a very, um, divisive one, I think, um, in terms of how it's gonna be received, because Jamie Lee Curtis herself said that this movie's gonna piss a lot of people off, and that, you know, really makes me concerned as, you know, a fan, because that probably means Michael Myers is gonna die, that's really the only thing I can think of outside of this whole, um, copycat killer thing that's gonna happen that, that will piss people off, but I, I, I'm very interested to see how they go about this whole thing, because at this point, it's pretty much confirmed that there is a copycat killer in this movie, um, and pretty much me and most of the community that has been discussing Halloween Ends believes it's the new character being introduced called Corey Cunningham, and with everything that's being said, it makes a lot of sense, and for those of you that don't understand what I'm talking about, or you think that I'm lying... Please join along with me in watching the Halloween Ends final trailer, which is two minutes and nine seconds long. So we're going to go through the final trailer. I'm going to have the sound on, of course, and we are going to talk about, um, you know, frame by frame, I guess you will. And after we do the uh, trailer breakdown, 
Um, and talking about that, we're going to go into the leaks and then we will go into speculation. So that's how we're going to structure this podcast. Um, and I'm not doing them in multiple segments. We're going to just kind of run it through. Um, and if it takes us an hour, it takes us an hour. But anyways, let's get, uh, into the trailer breakdown. Of course, YouTube will probably play two ads. Nope, it won't this time. So... The beginning of this trailer is relatively simple. We see Corey Cunningham going into the sewers where Michael Myers has been residing since Halloween Kills. Nothing in this beginning portion is very, um, interesting. Or anything to note. So, this, uh, 45 seconds into the, uh, trailer is where we can actually get a little bit of something. Um, so the first thing that I see, uh, and, and I'll describe this for you guys, but those of you guys that are watching the trailer alongside me. So, in this scene, we have a hand reaching for Michael's mask, which if, if this is Michael himself, which I'm assuming this hand is, this is his right hand. Now, for those of you that don't know, in Halloween 2018... On Michael's left hand, I believe his um, ring and pinky finger were shot off by Lori's shotgun. And so the main thing that has been a main area of uh, focus when it comes to trailer breakdowns, when it comes to the leaks, when it comes down to this whole copycat killer thing, is that Michael Myers in pictures has all of his fingers on his left hand. And we know that he lost two fingers to Lori's shotgun in 2018. So, that already says a lot. And then also, Michael also has a, a, a ring on, on one of his fingers, which we know Michael doesn't wear a ring finger because he's not married, obviously. So, there's that. But in this scene, we see a hand reaching out for Michael's mask, and the knife is bloody. So, my guess is this is Michael Myers coming to get his mask back after the copycat killer, a.k.a. Corey, um, probably took it from him, right? Um, next to it, though... I can't make out if that's a, another hand or something, but I'm assuming it's very much another hand. Um, and if you go to Rotten Tomatoes and you look up Halloween Ends and you look at the screenshots for the movie, you can also find um, all the pictures that you really need to see Michael Myers with all of his fingers and Michael Myers missing his fingers. So it's pretty much confirmed that there's a copycat killer, right? I mean, the whole fingers thing that's been the main focus of the trailers and stuff, um, to, to alluding to this copycat killer, it makes sense, right? It makes a lot of sense, um, that his fingers are missing, right? That would be real Michael Myers, and then the copycat Michael Myers, it has all of his fingers. It just, it just makes sense, but continue to move forward here. So we get to see a shot of some new characters, and we also get to see uh, the shot of uh, the radio tower, or, yeah, the radio tower with the radio host. Um, Something feels different. So then there's this scene with Michael Myers sneaking up on this older lady. Now, there has been um, leaks that have said that this older lady is Corey's mother, and apparently Corey's mother is not really good to him. So he goes to kill his mom along 
side his whole killing rampage in this movie against his bullies and stuff, which I'm guessing are who these new characters are that I, I you know, saw about 49 to the 53 second timestamp, I'm pretty sure, uh, were all these new characters. So, pretty much from the 43 second mark all the way to the 50 second uh, mark, you know, you just have all these new characters. He's more dangerous. So there's also this scene where Lori's talking to Corey, and Corey, like, flips shit on her. Um, so there's that part, um, and, and, and Corey flipping shit at her, obviously, uh, gives away, I would say, quite a bit of the plot, because he's like, um, because Lori's essentially telling him, hey, stay away from Allison, because him and Allison have a, you know, relationship in this movie, and then he's like, if no one can have her, uh, or if I can't have her, no one can. So you can really see, like, his descent into madness, and, um... For some reason, um, it's it's just an odd dynamic for me for a Halloween movie to have a copycat killer. I, I know they did it with Friday the 13th with Jason, but I never liked the idea of a copycat killer. Um, it's, to me, it's just, it's really weird. Like, with Scream, right, there's no one person that's Ghostface. Literally, anybody can be Ghostface, but... Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees are, like, their own defined characters, and to try to make, you know, some kind of, um, you know, replica killer or, um, a copycat killer, in my opinion, is just, it's ridiculous. Kind of counterintuitive. So, another thing, too, um, in this scene at about, like, the one-minute mark, so, this shows, like, a guy in a pool... And it looks like he's an older guy with white hair, but if you really focus in on the image, you can tell that it's actually just a plastic bag over the guy's head, and he got thrown in the pool, so I'm guessing he got suffocated to death and potentially stabbed, or both. Um, but Michael's about to pop out of the fucking closet here and uh, choke this woman and stab her, kind of like in the way she or uh, he killed Bob in 1978. Nothing really crazy there. He killed my daughter. But tonight, I will kill him. Do you get me? So then there's uh, this, this scene, right, where Michael sneaks up to Lori's room and opens the door, and she's sitting there with a revolver, which was also there in the first trailer. Um... That scene, I don't think it's Michael, because if you look at the left hand, yet again, he has all of his fingers, and Michael Myers is stealthy. I don't think Laurie Strode would be able to get the jump on Michael. Michael's been a very stealthy killer throughout his entire franchise. It's very unlikely that Michael makes such a rookie mistake and gets caught like that. But the fingers kind of give it away of who it is. It's it's Corey's character, obviously. Um, And like I said, when we go into the... um, uh, when we go into the leaks and stuff, we'll discuss more about that. And why I'm very confident that it's Corey and there's a copycat killer and all that. So then there's uh, Michael killing the radio host, and he's got all of his fingers yet again, very much proving that it's not the real Michael Myers doing quite a bit of the killing in this movie. Um, And then in this scene, uh, Allison sees Michael. I'm guessing this is Allison. It looks a lot like Allison. Um, 
maybe it's not potentially, but it looks like Allison. Now, is this the real Michael Myers or Corey? I don't know in this particular scene. And then, okay, so this is the other major scene that's like um, a dead giveaway. So there's a scene of someone's legs with, uh, you know, coveralls, boots, and Michael's mask is being held in the hands of whoever just killed someone. And Michael Myers doesn't take his mask off. So that's another very obvious, you know, okay, we got a copycat killer on, on the loose here. Um, a lot of stuff proving this part. So then in this scene right here, we have Michael Myers. He looks like he's pinned against the uh, countertop with a knife. And Laurie removes his mask. And then you see the uh, logo. And then this next part. She says, uh, you came here to kill me, so do it. And then it shows Michael sitting up. Um, and you can clearly tell that she stabbed him. Like, I'm paused on the image right now. He's sitting up. She has him stabbed in the chest. And then it shows him throw her over the countertop where the trailer ends. I think that this clip is in reverse. Because the way that it plays out, it doesn't seem natural. Because we literally just saw a scene of Michael being pinned on the countertop with a knife. And in this scene, she's on top of him with a knife, stabbed into his chest or shoulder, and he sits up. And it, it just, it doesn't look right. It, it just doesn't look right. Like, the way that he sits up, it looks like the, the whole editing is like, they shot it backwards in a sense, right? I don't think that it plays out the way it is in the trailer. Because in the trailer, they make it look like she pins him down, stabs him, and then he sits up and throws her across the countertop. I think that that's just editing. I don't think that he actually does that. I think that... It's in reverse where she, you know, pushes him on the countertop and stabs him in the chest rather than him sitting up after she stabbed him in the chest and threw her over the counter. I don't think that that's, I don't think that that's how it plays out. I think it's all in reverse. I think it's because I, we've seen stuff like this happen in other trailers for other movies before where stuff is shot in reverse. So it, it, it's like a fake out. Like the scene is completely going backwards. So in my opinion, I, I don't doubt this just being an editing trick. I, I do think in that scene, Michael is getting pinned to the ground and getting stabbed in the chest. Um, so that's the trailer breakdown, right? Um, at least the important parts of the trailer where there's actually something to talk about. Um, and now this leads us, of course, into the section where we're going to talk about the plot leak. Now, this trailer and, and the TV spot subsequently and the pictures for this movie, they all point to the leak of the movie being very real and very true. So, essentially, here's how the leak goes. The movie opens up with... And Jamie Lee Curtis already confirmed this opening part, right? Corey Cunningham is babysitting this kid during Halloween... And the kid ends up dying through some accident, right? And people blame him as being a killer. And then, like, the logos play and stuff. And we catch up four years after Halloween Kills. 
Uh, Lori's trying to move on with her life, or she's at least, you know, accepted to live with her grief rather than have it control her. And she's writing, like, her memoirs and stuff. You have Allison going to, like, group therapy, and that's where she meets Corey, and they end up having a relationship. And, um, you know, Corey essentially gets, like, put down this path of getting turned evil where people are, like, you know, picking on him, bullying him and stuff, and blaming him for the death of this young boy. And he eventually somehow, get, you know, goes to the sewers, and Michael Myers ends up attacking him, but Michael doesn't kill him. And Corey ends up taking him to a junkyard um, and, uh, you know, nursing him back to health. Now, the funny thing is, th- recently John Carpenter put out a track for Halloween Ends called The Junkyard, um, which you can look up on YouTube, obviously, to listen to the track, which, obviously, great music, you know, John Carpenter and, um, you know, Daniel Davies and Cody Carpenter, they're, you know, really great with the soundtracks for this trilogy, um, but it gives away that, that plot point in the leak, right, and then from that point on, you know, uh, Corey essentially, like, works with Michael, in a sense, and nurses him back to health, uh, Corey ends up leading a cop to the junkyard for Michael to kill, or into the sewers for him to kill, I can't remember which one the leak said, but it was either he gets killed in the junkyard, or he gets killed in the, um, in the sewers, so, Corey leads a cop to Michael, Michael kills him, which apparently, like, reignites Michael's urge to kill for some reason, and then Corey ends up, you know, donning Michael's mask, getting his own set of coveralls and boots and stuff, and, uh, you know, goes out killing, like, his bullies and people that did him wrong, including his mom, and then we do see Michael Myers, of course, you know, in the plot leak, he kills, uh, the cop, which I think also is a track name for one of the, uh, songs in Halloween Ends, so that also confirms the whole, you know, killing the cop thing, um, and, so yeah, Michael kills a cop, Corey ends up donning the mask, and going around and killing a lot of people, Michael, uh, and Corey end up teaming up, or something where Allison's boss, um, apparently was supposed to give her a promotion, but instead gives it to the woman he's having an affair with, so Michael and him, or just Michael, goes to their residence, and Michael and Corey kill them both, or or Michael does. I know that Michael is the one doing the killing in this scene, because if you look at the, the neck of Michael, like, you can tell it's, it's not the, you know, it's him, like, it's old and wrinkly, so you can, you can tell it's Michael, and plus the hands and the fingers and whatnot give it all away, um, so yeah, there's a lot to this movie with the leaks that coincide, right, um, from what the trailers show, obviously, you know, we see Michael Myers with all ten of his fingers, so that goes to show, obviously, there's a copycat killer, um, we, it goes to show a lot where, you know, um, song tracks and the names of those song tracks coincide with events that were descripted out in the leaks, um, and essentially this movie eventually leads up to Corey somehow getting Michael Myers to Lori's house, or Michael follows Corey to Lori's house, where apparently Lori and Corey end up fighting, and Lori beats him with no problem, Michael shows up, takes his fucking mask back, and fucking murders Corey, apparently, and then Michael and Lori fight, and then apparently Lori kills Michael by stabbing him in the face, 
And then apparently Hawkins shows up with the police. Um, and then they take Michael's body to the junkyard. And there's been two different endings that have been talked about. One ending where a bunch of trucks pull his limbs off his body. Um to certify his death. Um, and then in another ending, they have Michael Myers being hung up on a cross and being burnt on the cross. So there's two different endings according to press screenings or people that said that they saw a press screening of Halloween ends, but both include Michael dying. So that's what the leak of the movie is supposed to be. Like, the full, pretty much whole thing. I mean... The, the funny thing about it is, if the leak is true, which would, the scary thing is, the track names for songs, the um, whole finger situation, right, that we've been talking about this whole time, that's been a very center focus on the copycat killer, um, and not only, you know, those things you know, combined, but even Jamie Lee Curtis herself saying that, hey, the beginning of this movie and what the leak said are pretty much one for one accurate, you know, that it opens up with a, you know, kid getting, you know, murdered on accident underneath Corey's watch as a babysitter. And then she also said it's going to piss a lot of people off and Michael Myers getting killed will piss a lot of people off. Um, all of this stuff basically says the leak is right. Like, the re the leak is telling the truth about the movie and the plot and how it's supposed to play out, which has me already a little bit um, worried. And I discussed this in my previous podcast where I said, look, if you kill Michael Myers off, like, number one, you you've written yourself into a corner because in Halloween Kills, Michael gets shot, stabbed, beaten to death by the mob, and he still kills everybody and survives. And I know a lot of people will make the argument a lot of people did stupid shit in Halloween Kills, which, yes, a lot of people did. But if you take into consideration that Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills take place on the same night, all the damage that Michael endured, or all of the beatings and, and gunshots, uh, stabbings, whatever, that he endured, including getting hit by a car, mind you, through those two movies are all in one night. Michael survived getting hit by a car, getting shot I don't even know how many fucking times, um, getting stabbed quite a few times, beaten the shit out of quite a few times, you know, lit a blaze for a little bit at least, uh, fingers got shot off, um, what are, what are some other things? I mean, the amount of blunt force trauma Michael got in that movie would kill a normal human being. I mean, Lindsay Wallace smacking Michael Myers with a fucking sack of bricks alone in the face would do enough damage to kill or, you know, substantially hurt someone. Michael Myers took a fucking beating in Halloween Kills. And then considering all that other damage he took in Halloween 2018, dude, in that one day, if you even include when, you know, um, Aaron, the podcaster guy, hit Michael in the face with a fucking crowbar, like, that was the beginning of his day, pretty much getting hit in the face with a fucking crowbar. Like, Michael Myers endured a lot of damage that one Halloween night over the span of those two movies. And Michael managed to kill a lot of people, including the mob that was beating the shit out of him. And you're meaning to tell me that little Laurie Strode is going to kill his ass by stabbing him in the face? Dude, I'm very sure if Michael Myers did not allow other people to stab him in the face, that... I don't think Laurie would be able to. You know, like, you've already made Michael Myers to be a, out to be a supernatural force. 
You have. So if you kill Michael Myers, it may, like, the whole continuity of his supernatural powers and, and the supernatural part of Michael, you kind of fuck up, right? Because you've already shown him taking immense amounts of damage the past two movies, and now you're just like, oh yeah, by the way, he's good now, you know, we can kill him, easy peasy, makes no sense to me. Michael Myers is a character that has endured so much damage in the past two movies, not including the 1978 film, because, you know, I was like 40 years before the, you know, most, uh, the two most recent movies in the trilogy. It's like, if you kill Michael Myers, the logic in your universe makes no fucking sense at that point. I know a lot of people say, shoot him in the head, stab him in the head. Michael Myers is not stupid. Obviously, if Michael gets stabbed in the head or shot, he will probably die. I mean, I can even say that even though Michael Myers is, is supernatural. The unrealistic part is not him dying to a, a stab wound to the head. That's not the unrealistic part. The unrealistic part is Laurie Strode, a one old woman, being able to take Michael Myers on 1v1 and win. When Michael has killed groups of people multiple times in Halloween, end, or excuse me, Halloween Kills... Like, he takes out the whole mob, he takes out the fire department, and you're meaning to tell me that fucking, oh yeah, Michael Myers gets taken out by one elderly woman? I don't believe that. I really don't believe that. To me, that just seems like a fucking, like a cop-out. Like, they wrote it in there for the sake of their plot. And that that's the thing. I don't want Michael to die, you know? I go to watch Halloween, you know, to watch Michael Myers kill people. That's why I'm there anyways. I don't watch the movie really for the plot. I don't really watch Halloween for Laurie Strode. Like, don't get me wrong. I respect Jamie Lee Curtis. She is the scream queen, and I think she does a great job playing um, Laurie Strode. And I do think that Laurie Strode is an integral part to Halloween. But Michael Myers is more integral than Laurie Strode, in my opinion, because... Michael Myers has been in every Halloween film but Halloween 3. And Halloween 3 had nothing to do with the original continuity or any Halloween continuities to begin with. Michael Myers is the centerpiece of Halloween. Dr. Loomis and Laurie Strode both are big pieces to the Halloween universe. But Michael Myers has been in every Halloween book that you can think of. And the center of every movie outside of the third one. Michael Myers has been there through all of them. Michael Myers is what makes Halloween Halloween. I don't care if he gets, you know, if the movies don't get, you know, the returns at the box office that they wanted to um, outside of the new trilogy. Like, Michael Myers is the reason people go and watch Halloween. It's not Laurie Strode. And uh, Laurie Strode was at New York Comic Con, and she was talking about, you know, Halloween ends, and she was saying how people, you know want to see a lot of Laurie Strode, and then she starts, you know, saying how all these Halloween movies are to show society as a whole, and how we react to shit, and I'm like, look, I don't think anybody goes to a Halloween slasher movie and thinks about society and how it's depicted in the movie. People go to slasher movies to watch people get murdered in over-the-top gruesome ways that are not, like, even physically possible by normal human beings. Like, Slashers are supposed to be fun horror movies. Horror movies are just straight up supposed to be scary. Slashers are the fun horror movies. Yeah, they scare you at points, but they're supposed to be like... They're supposed to be like, quote-unquote, action, suspenseful, like those kind of things. But people are getting murdered. If you're creating a movie that's all about a message, 
but you're doing it in the slasher genre, you're doing it in the wrong genre. Because no one's going to a slasher thinking, I'm going in here to see the political, societal message in this movie. And if you are someone that goes to a slasher movie for those reasons, what are you doing? <laughs> like, we're talking about slasher flicks. Like, I don't understand how you can think of slasher and think of society. What it means to, you know, to be in a society and how we react. Who gives a fuck? I'm there to see people get murdered on fucking screen. I'm not there to watch fucking about society and, you know, worry. Like, I don't give a fuck about the survivors. I know a lot of people like to talk about characters in horror movies. Oh, I like to have characters that I like to follow along in the movie. Dude, I don't give a fuck about the characters. I'm there to watch Michael Myers' Clear House. I'm there to watch Jason Voorhees' Clear House. I'm there to watch Ghostface fuck around with people and clear house until, the, you know, their identities are revealed. Ghost... Okay. Let me put it this way. Scream is the only slasher where I actually give a shit about the characters and Nightmare on Elm Street. Those are the only two franchises in the slasher genre that I need to have good characters to follow to enjoy the movie. Because Ghostface is, yeah, a character... But anybody's ghost-faced. And ghost-faced is always supposed to be like a mystery. Who's ghost-faced? Who's doing this? What is their motivation and stuff? That's ghost-faced. Ghostface isn't a one particular person. So Ghostface has other things going for it, like the mystery aspect. So you need to have characters that are intriguing to follow along and to have a good story there. That's why the Scream movies need to have good casting outside of... You know, just having a killer because it wouldn't be the same if your cast sucked in a Scream movie. In Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy Krueger is a character in and of himself. Like, he actually speaks and stuff. And he, yes, he is one entity. But we're, like, Freddy Krueger's an absolute monster. Like, he was, like, a child killer when he was, in a, you know, in the real world. And then he goes and becomes a dream demon when he dies and starts killing people uh, or, or teens in their sleep. Like, you know, he was a monster both on the planet and um, in the afterlife, so when it comes to it, like, yeah, you want to have, you know, characters that you care about that you can root against Freddy, because Freddy is ultimately very evil, sadistic, and fucking gross, Michael Myers and Jason are very different, though, Jason Voorhees, like, he, yes, he has, he has a motivation for why he kills, but Jason Voorhees in the Friday the 13th franchise is all about just watching dumbass teenagers, you know, get high, get drunk, have sex, and get murdered, at summer camp. That's what Friday the 13th is. That's what you're there for. You're not there for a story. If you watch all the Friday the 13th films and you try to tell me there's some overlying story, you're fucking kidding yourself. The only three movies that have some overlining story is part four, part five, and part six. And that's all because Tommy's a part of all those movies. But outside of that, they're still their own individual stories. Like, I can watch every Nightmare on Elm Street, or excuse me, every Friday the 13th and get something out of it as its own story. There's no cohesive arc to them. Same thing for the most part with the Halloween movies. Halloween, a lot of them are just people have sex, get drunk, smoke weed, do dumb shit, get murdered by Michael Myers. It's the same ordeal. The main difference between Halloween, though, and Friday the 13th is Halloween is all about that holiday. It's surrounded around that holiday, and Michael Myers is coming out to kill a bunch of horny teenagers, but they're not a summer camp. They're just horny teenagers on Halloween night, and Michael's there to murder them, and Jason Voorhees is just out to murder horny teenagers at his fucking home, you know, and at Crystal Lake. At summer camp. And that's the thing about those two movies. We don't hate Michael Myers and we don't hate Jason Voorhees. Jason Voorhees because he actually has some, like, reason to why he kills. Like, he saw his mother die and he's mad. 
Um, but with Michael Myers, like Michael Myers is just interesting. Like he's creepy. He doesn't have motivation. Like there's just something about my Michael Myers is a slasher with no motivation. No, like he has no, well, he has the ability to speak, but he doesn't, he chooses not to speak. He's the most silent killer there is with no motivation, but he still is his own character because of the way that he plays around with his victims before he kills them, how he, you know, sets them up after the kill, how he kills them in a very intimate way. Like, do you realize when Michael Myers kills people, he tends to do it in a way where he's like, like looking into the eyes of the person that he's killing or he's doing it in such a way where he's like strangling them to death or whatever. Like, Michael Myers is very intimate with most of his kills kills i would say for the most part um and it's just he's he's an interest he's a character because you know although yeah he doesn't speak and there's no motivation you still can tell like you know he's got his own sadistic sense of humor and people love michael myers you know he's one of the ogs if not the og outside of texas chainsaw but you know people would say halloween redefined the slasher genre and it and it did and it, i wouldn't say it created it because texas chainsaw technically did but he definitely redefined it and you know if you kill michael myers yeah a lot of people are going to be pissed i'm not team lori i don't know how you could be team lori a lot of people out here being like, oh, Halloween's all about Laurie Schrode. It's about Laurie Schrode. It's like, it's not about Laurie Schrode. How many movies have they made in the Halloween franchise and how many have Michael been in compared to Laurie? And then people say, but Laurie come, always comes in and saves the franchise. It doesn't have anything really to do with Laurie being a character in the Halloween universe. It has nothing to do with that. It's just the fact of you have the original, you have Michael Myers, and you have Laurie Strode. And people like to see the matchup between the two. People don't really care about Laurie Strode as a character, but they care about the rivalry between her and Michael. That's what they care about. They don't care about the character herself. Because if, if that was the case, they could make movies on Laurie Strode herself and they would sell. They don't. Every Halloween movie has Michael Myers. Whether they did well commercially or not, people went to watch Michael Myers. When it comes to Laurie Strode, it's not the character that people really care about. It's the rivalry between her and Michael. The connection between her and Michael. That's what people care about. It's not Laurie Strode, the character herself. And, and I always have to explain this. If someone really cares about the character that much, you can make a spin-off series of that character alone, and people will be invested, and they will listen to everything about that character. And the problem is with Laurie Strode, if you were to make a movie based upon just Laurie Strode, no one's watching that fucking movie. Let's be real here. Imagine making a Halloween movie with Laurie Strode and no Michael Myers. Who the fuck's gonna watch it? Like, maybe a quarter of the fan base? Not half of the fan base, though. Because here's the thing. Michael Myers is Halloween. Michael Myers has been in every fucking movie. And like I said, it doesn't matter if movies were, you know, considered commercially successful or not. It, that doesn't matter to me. I don't consider how much money a movie made as success or to use that as a way to defend my argument. What I use to defend my argument on this is the fact that people love Michael Myers. Even if the Halloween movies suck with Michael Myers in them, people always say Michael Myers is the best part of the movie. 
Like, that, that's that's the silver lining to the whole argument. It's like, okay, they weren't commercial successes, but everybody that went to the movie loves Michael Myers still. They still love seeing him kill people. You know? The only thing that they complain about is the other characters in the movie. Now, me personally, like I said, I don't care about other characters in, in slashers. Outside of Scream and outside of Nightmare on Elm Street, you don't need to have good characters. Because people are there to see Michael kill people. You just need a story that makes sense for the movie. That's the thing you need. It's not characters. It's the story. Because in slashers, people are designed to die. In slashers, that's the whole point. Watching people die to murderers. That's what people are there for. They're there to watch people die. They're not there to watch people survive. That's why when you get a cast on board for slasher movies, most of them are just cannon fodder. It doesn't matter if they're a good character or a bad character. They're gonna die. So, it doesn't matter, right? In my opinion, I'm like, well, if they die, who gives a shit if they're a good character or a bad character? If they're a bad character, you're happy when they die. If they're a good character, maybe you feel a little bit sad, but you move on to the next cannon fodder, right? Like... In Halloween Kills, when Cameron died, okay, they gave him a little bit of an arc so people would like him again, so that way when he got brutally fucked up at the end of the movie, people would be like, oh my fuck, oh no. And then when they killed Tommy, it's like, oh no, they killed the little boy from the first one. But do you know what I was thinking the whole time? I was like, wow, Michael's a badass. I mean, he's scary, but he's a badass. I root for Michael. Now, obviously, if we're talking about, you know... There's that going to be that one dumb person in the argument. Oh, you you condone killing and shit. We're talking about movies. We're not talking about real life. We're talking about fictional works of art. And the fictional work of art is in the slasher genre, where someone goes around and kills a lot of people. Rather, either that's for them doing dumb shit, breaking horror movie rules, whatever it is. That's that's the genre. People get murdered by someone in grotesque ways. That that's what slashers are. Right? I don't watch slashers for the plot. And I don't watch slashers for characters. Now, like I said, in Nightmare and Scream's defense, it's a little different because, yes, they're slashers, but the way that their main character, their protagonist, or excuse me, antagonist operates, like, you have to have characters to root for in those movies in particular, but you're still there to watch people get murdered. Like, yeah, Scream, you're there for the mystery, and you need a good, you know, cast to get you involved into the story and, and, and to, you know, give a shit and to get you thrown off on who it could be in XYZ, but you're still there to watch people get killed. Same thing with Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, you need some good characters to root for against Freddy, but you're still there to see people get killed by Freddy. Like, slashers, you're there to watch people get killed. That's the whole point of the genre. So when people try to make slasher movies out to be like these crazy adventures into society and giving a shit about characters, it's like most of the time I don't give a fuck who the characters are. And I don't really give a fuck what the, the you know, about society and deeper messages. I'm just, I just need a simple story that explains why the killer, you know, is where they are or, you know, how did the killer get to where they are? To put them in the position to kill people. Like, okay, how did Michael Myers get to Haddonfield? Okay, we're here. I know how he got here. Start killing people. Like, I just need a simple story. Don't get me wrong. Good characters make the movies better. But I don't need them personally to enjoy a slasher. And for, you know, the Halloween franchise, it's just funny to, you know, have, you know, Jamie Lee 
even though I respect her a lot, and I respect the carrier, that carrier, character of Laurie Strode, even though I respect the character, I don't think Laurie Strode is, is, is as integral as Michael Myers to the Halloween franchise. I really don't. People care about the rivalry between Laurie Strode and Michael Myers, but not really the character, I would argue. Because if people gave a shit about the character, you can make a Halloween movie without Michael Myers, and it would do well. And I'll tell you one thing right now. That that Halloween movie will lose 50 or more percent of profits if Michael Myers is not in the movie. Guaranteed. The reasons why the Halloween franchise has not been good... It has nothing to do with the lack of Laurie Strode. Really, that has nothing to do with it. It's due to the fact that the storytelling that they had ruined Michael Myers as a character. And that was the main problem. If you look at the Curse of Thorn trilogy, right? They ruined Michael Myers because they tried to explain Michael Myers' origins and why he kills. They made Michael Myers cry, for fuck's sake, in Halloween 5, right? The Curse of Thorn thing was a complete fucking mess. One of the worst script messes I think I've ever seen because you had like three different studios um, working on the movie. You had like the wine scene company. I think Miramax was involved. And then you had like Malika Cod's fucking company and they were all trying to work together on one movie and you had like multiple writers working on different scripts from each fucking um, studio and it's like what the fuck are you doing? And Dimension was the one publishing this shit. So you had all these different fucking, you know, um, production companies trying to work on this one movie, and it just, it got fucked up. It got really fucked up. The story got too convoluted. Halloween 5 was a rushed piece of shit. And then Halloween 6 was a convoluted mess. Halloween 4 was by far the only curse trilogy movie that actually was okay. Because it was relatively on the simpler side, which I liked. And, you know, it has nothing to do with Michael Myers. It just simply has to do with the writing of the simple story. Halloween 4 was good. Why was it good? Maybe because it was just a normal Halloween story of Michael killing people on Halloween night. Halloween 5 went into the whole, oh, let's give Michael the derpiest looking mask and let's have him cry. And let's make Jamie mute for some dumbass fucking reason. Like, they added a bunch of unnecessary shit to the story. That's what I didn't like about Halloween 5 and what a lot of people didn't like about Halloween 5. Not talking about the mask, because the mask isn't really a criticism to the writing. Like, you have to write horror movies to a certain level... Where it's like, it needs to make some sense, right? Like, I'm not asking you to make some grandiose, convoluted, deeply thought out story. It's a slasher movie. But when you're making a slasher movie hard to follow, that's when you know you've got a really shitty writing team. Because with Halloween 5, it was like, what the fuck is going on? Michael Myers on Halloween 4 gets shot into like, this fucking pothole or something. Then he is swept away by a river, a hermit finds him, nurses him back to health, but he's in a coma for like a year, and for some reason this hermit guy still has him just vegging out on his fucking couch or whatever for a whole year, wakes up, kills that guy, Jamie's mute for some reason now, by the way, Halloween 4, spoiler alert, Jamie kills her mom. 
because of like some telepathic connection with Michael. And then in Halloween 5, they don't fucking explain like any of that shit. They just, they continue the fact that they have like a telepathic connection, but they don't talk about her murdering her mom. Like they completely, they completely grease over or just go over the fact that Jamie killed her fucking stepmom. Go over that, and they don't even acknowledge it. They kill Rachel in the beginning, which Rachel was actually, like, Rachel was a character where, yeah, you don't need to have great characters, but you need to have bearable characters in a, in a slasher flick, you know? People that aren't gonna piss you off and be annoying. And they kill Rachel off, and I was like, well, that fucking sucks. I actually, you know, I liked her from the last movie, you know? She was a, a pretty charismatic girl, you know? She wasn't a... She was basically, like, the final girl outside of Jamie, right? And then they kill her off disingenuously. I was like, what the fuck? And then they have the dumbass comedy with the cops in that movie. Ridiculous. And then fucking they add this new character, Tina. The most annoying, obnoxious fucking bitch on the face of the earth. If any of you guys don't understand what I'm talking about, go watch Halloween 5. And then I want you to just focus on Tina when she's on screen. And you'll understand what I mean by she's the most annoying bitch in fucking slashers I have ever witnessed on screen. When she died, I was fucking happy. I was like, oh, finally this bitch shuts the fuck up. Because she she was a terrible character. And like I said, you don't need good characters in a fucking slasher movie. You just need bearable characters. The only character or movies that you need good characters are for slashers is Nightmare on Elm Street and for Scream. And those are for two completely different reasons, okay? But when you make a character this unlikable, holy crap. You you have gone into the, the most deprived area of slashers I have ever fucking seen. Like, I don't know, like, it's not hard to make a bearable character, right? You can make dumb characters in a slasher, I don't care. But, annoying characters in a slasher? You you make me root for this person to die, right? Tina was terrible. But yeah, so then they also had Michael Myers cry in Halloween 5, and then Loomis ends up, you know, fucking trapping Michael, and he gets arrested, and then the man in black shows up and breaks him out of jail and shoots him and stuff, and then pick up in Halloween 6, Curse of Michael Myers. Jamie Lloyd's an adult. She got captured at the end of Halloween 5 or whatever the fuck. Michael had sex with her, and by the way, Michael's her uncle, just so you know, has sex with her at some point between Halloween 5 and Halloween 6 when she's an adult. She has a baby, and apparently Michael needs to kill this baby because he needs to kill his whole bloodline in order... He's pulling a Jason Voorhees. I need to kill my whole bloodline, and I'll kill anyone that gets in my way. So then some chick gets, you know, fucking, you know, Jamie out of there with her baby. She gets fucking killed by Michael, obviously. Michael follows her, kills Jamie. Come to find out the baby wasn't with her. She left it in the bus station. Tommy Doyle, the kid from the first fucking Halloween movie, finds the baby, you know, reaches out to Loomis, figures out what the fuck they're gonna do about Michael and shit, then you have the Strodes living in the Strode house, and Michael comes back home and fucks everybody up, not surprising, and then, you know, fucking one of the main characters' sons hears the man in black for some fucking reason, and the man in black is just some doctor at Smith's Grove, but somehow he can, like, teleport into people's rooms and shit, and then out, I don't know. It just makes no sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, they complicated Michael Myers and character assassinated Michael Myers in Halloween 5 and Halloween 6. Because they tried to explain his origins and what he was doing, made him cry, do a bunch of bullshit that Michael Myers wouldn't do. And then, 
not to fucking mention, then you bring in the whole cult, cult of Thorn and him raping his fucking, like, niece and impregnating her and shit. And I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, all I'm asking is, okay, have Michael Myers on Halloween night be in Haddonfield and murder some teenagers. That's all I'm asking for, right? And what do they do? They have to overcomplicate it. I'm like, dude, it's not that fucking hard, man. It's not that fucking hard. And then after that, that's no longer canon. Because for those of you that don't know, Halloween has like fucking 50 different timelines, right? They got they got the uh, cursed timeline, which is Halloween 1, Halloween 2, Halloween 4, Halloween 5, Halloween 6. Then you have the H2O, H2O timeline, which is Halloween 1, Halloween 2, Halloween H2O, Halloween Resurrection, which we're about to get to. You have the, Hall- uh, the Halloween uh, John Carpenter approved timeline, which is Halloween 1, Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills, Halloween Ends. Then you have the Halloween 3 timeline, which is just Halloween 3. And then you have the Rob Zombie remakes of Halloween 1 and Halloween 2. And those are your Halloween timelines. And so, yeah, we they end up deciding to reboot, you know, everything all the way down to the first two movies. And then you get to Halloween H2O 20 years later. And Laurie Strode now goes by the name Carrie Tate. She's a headmistress at some fucking private school whatever the fuck in California. And Michael Myers goes from Haddonfield to California to kill his sister. And then she fucks up Michael Myers when he gets there and murders, you know, a few people, whatever the fuck. And then she kills him at the end, but then, oh, the movie made a lot of money, so we made Halloween Resurrection, the kill Laurie showed off in the beginning of the movie, Michael Myers kills her, then you have these fucking dumbass college kids doing some reality TV show, it's the early 2000s, so obviously, they go into the Myers house to try to find the explanation of why Michael kills, and everything's, like, set up there by the, you know, producer of the show and everything, and then you got Michael Myers in there, you know, killing people and stuff. That's fine, but where shit goes batshit off the walls and fucking into, you know, comedy, the the realm of comedy in a slasher movie is when Buster Rhymes starts fucking, like, kung fu ninja kicking Michael Myers in the face and shit. I'm like, dude, what the fuck is this? Like, Halloween, it's not Michael Myers. Michael Myers is not the reason Halloween has failed. It's the writing. Somehow, people took the simple concept of Michael killing teenagers on Halloween night... And turned it into a crazy cult that explains the reason that he kills and why he does all the fucking dumb shit that he does. And then in the H2O franchise, Michael My like H2O was fine. And then you go to but Resurrection, the sequel to H2O, yeah, Buster Rhymes. Fucking Kung Fu Ninja kicking Michael Myers all the fuck around his own home, beating the shit out of the guy, quipping at him, like It's simple. Michael Myers is a simple slasher. Jason Voorhees has been done right more times than Michael has because they kept it simple. Some fucking dumbass teens are at Camp Crystal Lake. Jason murders her ass. Very simple. I know we got onto a big tangent, so I'm going to return back to the Halloween Ends talk. But point is, people do watch Michael Myers. They go to Halloween to watch Michael Myers, not Laurie Strode. The only reason Michael Myers or the Halloween movies have suffered is because the writing got overcomplicated or in the re- or got turned in the realm of fucking comedy. And that's the reason why the Halloween movies didn't do well. But people still love Michael Myers regardless. You know? But at the end of the day, Halloween ends. The only I don't really have any predictions for the movie, you know? Because everything that I could have predicted pretty much has been confirmed by the leak. And yeah. I mean, the only predictions I guess I could make about this movie is how Michael dies. 
and um, how many people Michael kills. That's really the only like predictions I can make on the movie because, like I said, with the track names, with everything that, you know Jamie Lee Curtis has said, with all the trailers and seeing you know the pictures of the movie. It's very obvious that the leak is telling the truth. That the leak is either almost 100% right or is 100% right. I, I think the leak is very spot on on majority of what was covered. Um, and it's very hard for me to sit here and say, no, it's not. It very much is. But, um, yeah. That is it, ladies and gentlemen, for this podcast. Um, I hope you all enjoyed. Um, sorry for the long rant, but... I just, I find it funny that Jamie Lee Curtis tends to think that the Halloween franchise revolves more around Laurie Strode than Michael Myers, even though Michael Myers has been in more movies than Laurie Strode, and people always love Michael Myers, even if those movies sucked, and they still were there for Michael, so. To me, anyways, it just seems like she's a little bit, you know, yeah, she's a big part of the Halloween franchise, and so isn't Donald Pleasance, you know, rest his soul, but Michael Myers is the main reason people go and watch Halloween. Always has been. Like, the reason people didn't like Halloween 3 is because Michael Myers wasn't in it. They didn't say anything about fucking Laurie Strode. People were mad Michael Myers was not in the movie. That's what they were mad about. Well, he was in the movie for like a split second on a... So funny, in Halloween 3, there's a uh, a commercial on TV for the original Halloween. And Michael Myers, you know, like, walks down the stairs. He was in the movie, but only as a TV commercial. For the movie. Um, but yeah. So ladies and gentlemen, that is all I have to uh, talk about in terms of Halloween Ends. I hope you all enjoyed. Um, I might do a few more podcasts about Halloween Ends leading up to the movie. And then of course doing my review of the movie. Um, I am also going to be doing uh, the Werewolf by Night review. I decided I want to watch the movie one more time before I actually do a review on it. Just so... I can get my full thoughts on what I think about it. Um, but I definitely, you know, I'm very excited for Halloween Ends. I hope they don't kill Michael, but I have a very, um, I think they're going to. So I'm not getting too hopeful about that. I mean, if they don't kill Michael Myers, that had to be like a last minute reshoot because so far the leak is proving to be almost 100% true, if not 100% true. So. Yeah, but thank you very much for listening. I hope you all enjoyed, and I will catch you all in the next one.